When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes, and we changed attitudes. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Americans when I in my own city. You know, when I was a teenager in Delaware, for real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. We have the eighth largest black population in America. Most people don't know that. And uh, I'd go to 8 o'clock mass, then I'd go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet in order to organize and figure where we were going to go, whether we are going to desegregate the Rialto movie theater or what we were going to do. I got my education, for real in the black church. And that's not hyperbole, it's a fact. But I got my education, Reverend Doc, in the black church, not a joke. Because when we used to get organized on Sundays to go out and desegregate movie theaters and things like that, we'd do it through the black church. I was no big shakes, Reverend, in the civil rights movement. I was just a kid. I got involved in desegregating movie theaters and helping, you may remember, Reverend Moyer in Delaware and Herman Holloway organized voter registration drives, coming out of black churches on Sunday, figuring how we were going to move. In October, uh, I was invited to uh, the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis to receive the Freedom Award, a thing when I sat in black churches on the east side of Wilmington getting ready to, and by the way, next to Jewish, two Jewish rabbis, uh, getting ready to go out and desegregate movie theaters in Delaware. Um, I never, ever thought in my life I would be worthy of, and I'm still not sure I'm worthy of it. You are fake news. That was Joe Biden in 1987, <clears throat> and then again, I think in 1988, admitting that he was lying during, I think, his first presidential run. And so you can tie this in conjunction when uh, we covered a few weeks ago when he was lying about, uh, what was he lying about that time? <laughs> oh, his plagiarism of the, uh, of the, of the speech, uh, yeah. Yeah, from the Canadian uh, labor executive, or I'm sorry, uh, union guy, but... Uh, rough start here well, the, well he sold both stories i'm trying to figure out which one's true oh no did, no no. did I'm, you march were you an activist or were you not no no no. he was not and, and we're okay. gonna we're, we're gonna delve all off into that that's uh, what i was trying to figure out if if, if you're an active <laughs> activist you're the most racist activist on the planet well, <laughs> like you're it, the worst racist on the planet usually when somebody's <laughs> telling the truth they don't say 
repeatedly, time and time again, listen, man, this is not hyperbole. This number, I'm trying to write, like, so you can count, you could listen to this show from whatever episode this is, all the way back to the first one. How many times could you count, for real, like, I'm telling you this, for real, because he just did that, I think, three times. Um, Not a joke. This is not a joke. (laughs) Dude, you keep saying it. Because it is a joke, and it's a lie, and you're a terrible liar. And you would think that somebody that's had to, to eat crow as many times as he had, you would stop lying, but he just can't do it. And I've said this before. Him, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Hillary Clinton was probably one of the worst that don't understand that there's a massive, huge, unending, always available catalog of the things that you've said back to the beginning of your political career that didn't exist at the beginning of your political career. Therefore, you still don't understand exactly how it works and how in-depth it is that everybody can prove like we're about to do. Everything you're saying is absolute bullshit because you're a liar and you're an absolute racist. And so next is a video of at his town hall, his, his quote-unquote town hall that was like a half-full, very small venue. And so Don Lemon was the, you can't call it a moderator, he was the host, I suppose you would call it. Um... And it was just full, I mean, chock full of one nonsensical, idiotic thing after the other. And so this is just one of the highlights that, that stuck out to me, dude. So let's, let's hear this one. In the United States Senate at a time when we had guys like Jim Eastland and Strom Thurmond and Robert F. Byrd and a whole range of people who were very, 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 very conservative on race, to say the least. And so it, that's a lot of varies. Yeah. Is, is that how you would talk about <laughs> somebody like, well, and, and I wondered if, if that's what we're calling racism. Now we're just calling it very, 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 very conservative on race. Good point. <laughs> no, I think we call those racists. Well, um, and obviously listeners can't see this, but I'm going to present the people here in studio exhibit a, this is, a 1971 Roadrunner, no GTX. This next picture is Joe Biden gleefully smiling, leaning on the shoulder of Strom Thurmond. This next picture is picture number two, and this, this never ends, of basically the same thing at a different time. Picture three. And he has his arm wrapped yeah, around yeah. him in that one. Picture three, same thing, at a different time, different place. Picture four. Same thing, different time, different place. Picture five. So this wasn't like one time they and ran into one another. And now it went from black and white to color. Oh, no, yeah. dude. They, they, he referred to, to Joe Biden as his protege with regularity. And so when he's trying to sit here and pander still and, and play this whole civil rights activist role and, and gin people up and, and use this whole tactic of divisiveness of, on race in America as the quote-unquote president, people need to know what, what reality is. And so... I've talked before about him reading the the eulogy not at a Grand Wizard's funeral, an exalted Cyclops. That exalted Cyclops was Robert Byrd that he just mentioned. And he read a eulogy there, and he also read a eulogy at Strom Thurmond's. So very, 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 quote-unquote, conservative on race. (laughs) Let's see what he had to say. Uh, Strom Thurmond was the only man whom I knew who, in a literal sense, lived in three distinct and separate periods of American history— this is such horse crap, and lived what would have been considered a full life in each of those periods, particularly in his beloved South, born into an era of essentially unchallenged and unexamined mores, he didn't even write this, of the South, reaching his full maturity in an era of fully challenged and critically examined bankrupt mores of his beloved South, and living out his 
final three decades in the South that had formerly rejected its past on race. And each of these stages, in my observation, and I was only with him the last three decades, Strom represented exactly where he came from. Uh, second quote, Strom Thurmond was also a brave man who in the end made his choice and moved to the good side, I dis which I, I disagreed deeply with Strom on the issue of civil rights and many other issues, but I watched him change. We became good friends. And so um, in 1973, Joe Biden would be stunned to hear that he, quote, unquote, deeply, di this is on uh, Pace Magazine, by the way, disagreed deeply with Strom on the issue of civil rights, given that 1973 and 1974, Biden consistently voted against bills that would have integrated schools. He even used the same force busing phrase, that Thurman used to voice his opposition to the bills he joined, uh, joined him in opposing. And so um, these are people that consistently voted against civil rights time and time again. If, if they're so bad and, and you are such an activist, why, why are you reading eulogies at their funerals? And so this next video is from also from this, the same uh, town hall that he held uh, the other day. And this one's, uh, a, what is that, a minute 40? So just bear with us, and it's, it's worth listening to the whole thing, and then we'll break this down even further. What they can do is try to change the narrative and say, well, why wasn't Nancy Pelosi prepared? Why weren't the Democrats prepared well, for, no, for that to No, they can say that, and you can make honest judgments about it. I have, look, I sometimes get myself in trouble for what I'm about to say. Not that I ever get in trouble. <laughs> As you've heard me say before, no one ever doubts I mean what I say. The problem is I sometimes say all that I mean. And... Uh, <laughs> But all kidding aside, I have faith in the American people. No one ever doubts what you say? Or is it? <laughs> Come on, man. Everybody doubts everything you say, and that's one of the things that this town hall was rife with, was, and I don't know if we have the clip queued up or not, but at one point, I, I, I'm a Biden, you know, my, my word means something. Yeah, it means horse crap. It yeah. means less than nothing. You're a bona fide, pathological, habitual lying sack of crap, and everybody knows it. How... My question yeah, it is, means something, but it doesn't mean like honesty and integrity. Sure. Well, you know, yeah, his son, it means something. His son is a uh, a perfect example of what his his name means. I'm sorry. Continue that reversal, please. People, I really do to ultimately get to the right place. And by the way, many times Republicans are in the right place. I don't mean that the Republicans only the Democratic point of view, but some of the stuff. I mean, QAnon, the idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and do No, I'm serious. That's... Can, can you reverse that five seconds and everybody you just may... watch his face and then tell me that he doesn't look like the, uh, the invasion of the body snatchers like when he's telling you exactly what they're doing? Just look at his blank stare, dude. Oh, I know it. Like, I know. It's very obvious. I'm... Uh, no, I don't want to suck your blood at all. The <laughs> children and... Do no, I'm serious. That's... No, back, back now, you time. may <laughs> not. You got to see it again. Yeah. Sorry. A little more. There it is right there. That's it. Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children. and do No, I'm serious. That's. Yeah. You didn't convince me. I'm not saying now, you are, you but you definitely didn't convince not me. Like me. And that's your right. Look, it's a simple thing. You, you can walk. I say, I just don't like the way that guy wears his tie. I'm voting against him. You have a right to do that. You have a right to do that. But the kinds of things that are being said of late, I think you're beginning to see some of the, and both, and by Democrats as well, 
sort of the venom get sort of sort of leak out of a lot of it. We got to get beyond this. Mm. What do you say to your grandchildren or your children about what's happening? Do you ever remember a time like this before in the entire history, whether you're a Democrat or Republican? This is not who we are. So no, no, nobody doesn't like you because of the tie that you wear. People don't like you because you're the father of a lying crackhead that you produced because you're a lying scumbag sack of crap that has been caught lying and had to admit to lying. I mean, that we've covered at least three times on, or on three different occasions. People don't like you because you are not the real president and you're a lying sack of garbage. But when you're talking about venom and why things are this bad, who, who made it that way? Were conservative people out there tearing up stuff, yeah. burning cities? I mean, and, and the rhetoric that, that calls people to do that when you're talking about these racial issues, stoking the flames of racism for your own benefit. And, and my question is, who does, you know, Hillary Clinton, what was her, what was her thing, Ford together or something? To, what was her stupid idiotic camp? Stronger together? Stronger together, so, yeah, that's right. So... <laughs> What have y'all ever done to talk about togetherness? You, you guys have vilified us, gaslighted us, and alienated us. Everybody knows that. We've talked about it before, how everybody that, that feels like the election was stolen, they, they purposefully make people feel alienated. And so, you, you know, it's one thing to talk about togetherness, and then it's another thing to say, oh, yeah, the venom, yeah, kind of the, the venom. I'm, I'm totally innocent with the way he behaved at the debates with, with Donald Trump, calling him a clown and wants to take him out back and all kinds of, which Trump's not young enough because <laughs> take him out back and suck his blood, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he could get his kids, I don't know, but uh, it's just so absolutely hypocritical of this dirtbag. And so, and I think one of the things that, the, that what we just watched proves in conjunction with how he behaves now is that this guy was never cut out for this job. He was always a grifter. He was always a liar. And you've never been a leader in your entire career. Whatever way the wind blows is what direction this guy goes. Just like his crackhead son, you, you can see the, how that guy, whatever the path of least resistance to keep up his, his grift is, is what he'll do. And this guy is absolutely no different. Um, but as far as the the venom, yeah, we've we've got another one. This one's hot off the press too, and I had it on on, on a different website. Uh, I I like Gateway Pundit probably the most, and I think they've got it too. So we'll go with theirs because this is pretty rich. So this is a late add-on to work in conjunction with his venom statement. So Rep. Corey Bush, which is that female, I want to say she's from uh, the Baltimore area. I think I can't remember, but she's new to the House of Representatives. She's the newest member of the squad being credibly accused of forging, quote, racist threats that were allegedly sent to her office. So basically another Juicy Smollett slash, uh, what's the Bubba, Bubba Wallace? Bubba Wallace, yeah. <laughs> Booby Wallace. Rep. Corey Bush went viral earlier this week posting, quote, racist threats that were allegedly sent to her office. However, there are some bizarre oddities. <laughs> what a knucklehead. These people are no good at this. With this... <laughs> I'm sorry. With the screenshot she posted, and she is now being credibly accused of forging the hate. Perhaps the biggest red flag noticed by the Daily Wire journalist Amanda Presto is that one of the threats Rep. Bush posted was an unsubmitted request form. And so it shows her tweet in response. So Corey Bush's tweet says, uh, white supremacist violence, and it shows whatever the screenshot was. So it says, someone sent you an unsubmitted request form. And so for those that, that 
don't understand what I'm talking about, it's whenever you go to whatever website and you they don't have an email, you just have the little question form and you put your email in, it's got the little red asterisk. And so I've done this before, like sending uh, Reverso or you, uh, the producer, like whenever I would message a senator or whatever, usually when it's scathing, I'll screenshot it because after it's sent, you can't, you can't take a picture of what you sent. And so I would send it in that form with the red asterisk on it to say, I, but then, and I would always make sure to put the sent part, you know, it's like, I did send it, you know? And so that's what they did. <laughs> but, but you were the, the problem with that is. Corey Bush is the recipient. You would never see that. <laughs> you freaking moron. Red State notes, quote, anyone that has ever filled out an outline online form knows what those red asterisks are. They are there to tell you what must be filled out in order to submit the form. Did Bush or a staffer take a screenshot of an unsubmitted form after filling in some of the blanks? In order to know for that for sure, we'd have to know exactly what platform she's using, but it's sketchy. Additionally, the other emails appear to have been written by the same person as they use arbitrary caps lock caps lock on similar points and a similar cadence throughout the messages and then uh somebody else uh tweeted this reads like a child pretending to pretending to be an adult makes you think these were clearly all written by the same staffer we've seen this time and time again with with gay people spray painting their own cars muslims spray painting their own mosques we saw and, it on a college campus they they were painting swastikas or something in a bathroom yeah. i believe that was at the university of uh, missouri and we saw it with god when he struck that mural with lightning yeah <laughs> uh, but when you're talking about venom and, and you'll you'll never hear any of this like look there is such an abundance of just white supremacist racism inundating the country is just completely submerged in this white supremacy supremacy that you have to manufacture white supremacy I t- yeah that's what i was thinking earlier when when we were talking about all the uh, the racism and stuff like all it, we talked or we heard about the proud boys all we heard for a long time was the proud boys which is somebody that i had never heard of sure i mean until probably last year mm-hmm. so but apparently they're this huge organization that just i mean they're well, just, the leaders was uh the, he was uh a, a brown person what people what, what yeah. do you call i don't know what he was but he wasn't white uh, but Hispanic. i don't but i don't remember the I'll proud boys being vernacular. out in the street burning stuff down all last year no no i don't i, I don't remember him doing anything as a side <laughs> note though that that black rifle coffee company yeah, they uh, they came out against the Proud Boys and all the racist people. Like, yeah, they're they're a bunch of frauds. Which I never bought that stupid shtick anyway. Just because you like guns it doesn't mean anything to me. But uh, they suck. So, yay! You saying they suck because they came out against the Proud Boys? Well, no, they were just saying that uh, they they were mad. It started because Kyle Rittenhouse was wearing one of their shirts, and they disavowed him. And they said that like the, a large swath of the the conservative movement they they disavow the racists. Uh, yet they don't name or point out any racists like and so what and that was with uh i want to say it was the uh washington post yeah that was an interview with the washington post so basically they're just trying to kiss a bunch of lefty ass nah dude which i've never bought your stupid cheese bucket coffee and now i absolutely never would you know what i mean you are fake news exactly but that's a side note uh but one thing, I, 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 and I'll I'll cede to Rex on whatever his uh, next story is. I want since he mentioned since uh, Joe Biden mentioned QAnon, there's a guy 
that was supposed to go with us to Washington, and he talked a boatload of trash. He was probably the most uh, belligerent and bombastic one that said it was saying he would go was amped. Oh yeah, dude. F yeah. Just totally like all in. So I, I rarely ever hear from the guy because I kind of quit talking to him. He's a, a dipstick. Uh, so he sends me a screenshot of someone's tweet. It says, remember that federal judges, DOJ prosecutors and FBI agents are all paid by and work for the same master. They have billions of dollars of U.S. government resources at their disposal. It's never fair and impartial justice. They stole the presidential election. Do you really think they won't frame the people trying to expose it and have them rot in prison? But D.C. Republicans won't do an effing thing about it as GOP chairwoman hoards that legal cash you donated and gives it to cucks who hate you. And so he sends me those and says, this is why I will never vote again. And so, which I, I was, had actually just walked into to work whatever morning this was, so I was trying to be quick, but I, my response was, I'll, I'll vote, but not for an establishment Republican. Not voting, not voting is simply giving them what they want without firing a shot. I already called and emailed the GOP and went ballistic. Non-participation will not fix this. More people voting and engaged is what we need, not less. The voting process breeds engagement, which we have a massive shortage of, hence the reason stuff has gotten as bad as it is. So his, re his response, you're wasting your time. I most definitely do not give any money. The most votes ever cast in an election in the U.S. and both parties cheated to defeat Trump. They will never get my vote, and I don't want to set, set in court and determine if someone is guilty of crime when they are so effing corrupt. Now I know why Native Americans don't vote. My response? Nothing. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're a moron. You're blocked. And so, and a lot of people that I talk to, because, you know, frustration breeds or rather manifests itself in so many different ways. And, and I, we talked about one of my friends last week and, and how he felt and everybody feels stressed out and stuff like that. But the whole idea of not voting is, is probably the absolute worst idea I could think of. But this guy here is so pissed off and, and frustrated. Like, I'm, I'm not voting. I'm taking my ball and going home. Like, and bear with me while I, I kind of flesh this out and think out loud. But, dude, you sacrifice nothing in your life. You hot rod cars, you work at uh, a, a auto manufacturer, and, um, dude, you've never had any worthwhile adversity where your life was in jeopardy or you had to make any sacrifice. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we see with people today is that there, there's been a, uh, a massive um, lack of sacrifice and, and potentially where there really hasn't been a need for massive sacrifice. But the, since they haven't had to make sacrifice on any level, you start to see things like this. Oh, I'm just not going to vote. So I'm going to let them supersede and remove my right to vote without, just like I said in the, in the text, without firing a shot. That doesn't seem very smart. If anybody's thinking that way, let me assure you, that's the most foolish, foolish plan you could have is to not vote because they wouldn't have it any other way. You not voting is exactly what these people would want. So there's, if your vote doesn't matter, and I agree that the election was stolen, but if your vote doesn't matter, why are they bringing in potentially hundreds of thousands to possibly millions of illegal immigrants right now? Why are they doing that? Is that, is that because sheer numbers do or don't matter? Which that's going to help them cheat, but disengaging from the political process, like I said in the text, is what's gotten people to this point. More people need to be engaged, which that, that guy there, I don't know that he's necessarily the... Uh, the standard by any stretch, but I think that, that he's people like that are pretty common fair weather. And do you read a few things here and there? And then, but,
but not paying attention to some of the things about the election fraud that we discuss, you're not even looking at the real stuff. You're reading for some obscure text from some jack wagon. And so it's, it's what Rush Limbaugh would refer to as the drive-by media. It, to me, it's akin to, you, you saw that tweet and it's like your kid seeing the, the impulse buy candy bar at the cash register. Like that's, you saw that. Yeah, I got, I got the candy bar. It's nothing else, dude. There's zero substance. You don't, it's just a quick impulse and you react. And, and that's, that's not smart. And I don't know. I just want to touch on that because I, I see that commonality in a lot of it's said different ways amongst people that, that are, that are in my circle and uh, terrible, terrible idea. So the next one isn't Rex's. The next one's mine. And uh, it's funny because the guy alluded to this in that text because this broke Sunday a few days after we recorded our last uh, podcast. So this is on lifeset.com, which it's everywhere now. <clears throat> the ugly truth about Ron McDaniel and the GOP's unwillingness to fight for election integrity is revealed. It's pretty apparent at this point that the RNC is about as rotten as they come. Following the 2020 election, the RNC apparently raised $300 million to fight fraud in our elections, which is fantastic. But unfortunately, there's no record of them giving a dime to help Trump. So where the heck did this money go? That's exactly what many people want to know. And RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel is under some major heat for suddenly this suddenly missing money. Here's what we know now. Rep Sabatini said this about the, RN, the money the RNC's, RNC raised. Quote, the Republican Party raised 300 plus million claiming to fight for election integrity. Guess how much they spent on the Maricopa County audit? Zero. Reverso, uh, weren't you a pretty big donor? Yeah, I was. I was in the top 1% of oh. the RNC. Get you a piece of that action. Yeah. Uh, the audit war room account added that by the added to that by sharing what Rana reportedly said at the time about the audits. Quote, actually, credible sources say GOP chairwoman said she couldn't risk helping out. Unbelievable. Of $300 million raised by the GOP for election integrity, none has gone to fund the Arizona audit or any other audit. Thank you to the true patriots who are funding the Arizona audit. And here is Rana's pathetic response. Quote, increasing evidence of double-scanned ballots and mail-in ballot irregularities in, irregularities in Fulton County raise alarming questions and need to be answered. Americans deserve elections that are secure, transparent, free, and fair. Let's get real here. Ronna McDaniel is by far one of the biggest fakes and traitors yet, and she needs to go. She, that's Mitt Romney's niece, which, if that tells you anything. Let's hope voices grow even louder and conservatives start to question what the heck the RNC is doing. And I talked about this before, whenever, after uh, Trump had left the White House, the GOP was trying to fundraise off his name and likeness, and he told them to stop. If you're donating to anybody, do DonaldTrump.com, Donald go through his website to his political action committee. That's the only way I'd give money to any political organization at all. And that's plenty of people feel that way now, but... Um, so did they ever come up with a anywhere where that money actually went to? No. Nothing. No. That's a tremendous amount of money. That's a lot of money to go nowhere. You know how oh, it's be? somewhere. Yeah. You, you know how that be? I, I don't I mean it's just I mean if really if anybody here should be upset it should be reverso. You know what I mean? So well I mean Yeah, I mean it uh, it really makes me mad. I still get emails from them every once in a while, but you know, I I pulled out being a donor. Um, actually, I have a screenshot of an email that I received in November. It said we pulled the records of this of the mo of President Trump's most loyal supporters. 
the ones who had been there for him no matter what it should come to no surprise but your donor record showed up in the top one percent incredible and then it has my donor record and uh the total and everything so mm-hmm. that was it was pretty substantial and to see it go to waste you know or i don't know where it went but oh it went to waste oh, yeah, yeah that's how it, I, it didn't go well, to voter integrity yeah, that's yeah. for sure i mean you know, so, we don't know if it went well i mean, waste. I mean Mitt romney could potentially yeah, have some I diamond encrusted Temple garments, we don't yeah. know. Uh, you probably uh, went yeah. to stimulate the economy. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel every April. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like you'll have to go too far to find people speaking out. Here are just a few angry comments from folks online. Quote, apparently she has been too busy fundraising, fundraising to pay <laughs> to pay attention to anything important. Next one. That's why no more money to GOP from me or from our Pennsylvania Lehigh Valley Tea Party, which is over 6,000 members. If GOP doesn't start working for us, the party can die. We are all done with the BS. Next one. It's unfortunate that people were stupid enough to believe that the GOP was actually raising money to fight an election integrity. I didn't give them a dime because I saw right through them. Next one. You are in the midst of trying to undo democracy itself in America. Never call yourselves patriots again. This absolutely shameful is absolutely shameful and proves yet again there's almost no one you can trust in D.C. It's time for conservatives to really band together and fight back against this toxic rhetoric and remove these traitors from their posts. And so that's just one more um, angle of the way people can make a difference. Don't give, and I know I know plenty of people that, that have donated over the years, and it's it's time to stop. So if you're listening to this and you know me, I'm, I'm telling you now, it's time to stop. Be very selective and very wise where you, where you spend your money and who you freely give your money to, especially for stuff like this. And there is one more. And so then back over to Gateway Pundit, um, and this came out a few hours after that, the one I just read. After apologizing to the New York Times for claims of election fraud and hoarding donor cash, GOP Chair Ronald McDaniel finally tweets out an election fraud on election fraud after Arizona audit hearing. Following the inauguration of Joe Biden in January, GOP Chair Ronald Romney, Ronald Romney, McDaniel expressed regret for her decision to stand up for the millions of Americans who believed our election was stolen. This is after the GOP raised over $300 million in legal fees from donors to fight the fraud, but no one knows where it went. And for months, the GOP chairwoman and the Republican Party have been silent on the 2020 election fraud. Obviously, their agenda does not match that of their voters. On Friday, GOP chair Ronna McDaniel finally tweeted out the election fraud after months of silence, quote, Increasing evidence of double scam ballots and mail-in ballot irregularities in Fulton County raise alarming questions that need to be answered. Americans deserve elections that are secure, transparent, free, and fair. And so somebody responds to her, if only the GOP used the money it raised off the election integrity to fight for, uh, to actually fight for election integrity. So that, that should, uh, that should drive that point home as far as parking your money somewhere besides anything that has to do with the GOP. Who's funding the audits now? Private entities, uh, private donors. And, um, so which I've read on Gateway Pundit, there's a few different ways they're fundraising, and they, so they've got an open fundraiser. Um, but then there's a few big names and a, a, a few some big donors that don't want to be named, which is fine by me. But Reverso didn't want to be named either, but I think he's donated about 12% to that uh, audit. Nice. Nice work, Reverso. Uh, yes, you know, the, the next one is election fraud. So, um, again, Gateway Pundit, elections official who demanded pens before election and Sharpies on election day donated to Mark Kelly. Sharpie Gate conspirator Kelly Dixon donated to Mark Kelly's campaign just weeks before she participated in the 2020 election steal. Prior to the 2020 election, Maricopa County Elections Director Kelly Dixon demanded the poll workers give ballpoint pens to voters every day prior to elections. 
But on elections, I need to slow down. You want me to read that? No, because it's not up there. But and I'm doing fine. But on election day, see they 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 have typos. It says but on elections day, as in with an S on the end. Like so, I have to I have to spell check. Seriously, this is not not kidding around, man. This is not hyperbole. Come on, man. But on election day, she said they quote need to use sharpies. We know that Trump voters showed up in an overwhelming in overwhelming numbers on election day due to the mail-in fraud concerns. This is always the case. The Republicans like to vote in person to make sure their vote counts. Now there is evidence that Mark that Kelly Dixon donated to Democrat Mark Kelly. Dixon also contributed hundred dollars to Act Blue, earmarked for Mark Kelly for Senate. She secured the victory. This victory. See, that's what I'm saying. She secured this victory bad election practices. What okay. All right. Okay. Headline USA reports, according to her LinkedIn page, her office is responsible for filling more than 4,000 temporary workers' positions to support election day sites and election activities. How many of the fraud discrepancies were caused by this woman on her four, or her 4,000 handpicked employees? Um, so, yeah, she was uh, very adamant they were using ballpoint pen. They had to use these certain types of pens up until actual election day, and they kept distributing Sharpies. And that, that was something in all the fraud states that people were saying in their signed affidavits is that they, uh, they're wanting to be Sharpies, so they bleed through and they would go to adjudication. They could modify the ballots in the way that they wanted. And so that's one of the things that they've already found in that audit. And I know I say this every week, but we shouldn't hear, at least by next week, it should be finalized and you'll, you'll get their final report, not this week, but probably the week after more uh, fraud um, audit. It is also gateway pundit audit. They're the only ones that cover this to the extent that or to anywhere remotely close to this extent. Audit documents were, were created last week for Georgia election audit completed in November only after our freedom of information act request. And so that's one of the things they've paid money for so many things to prove, prove this stuff because everyone else has done like that guy in those text messages and thrown in the towel mentally and otherwise, and or they don't have the, the will or ability to fight. The Georgia audit held in November 2020 after the election that provided the corrupt Secretary of State support that the election in his state was fine was not fine itself. Some damaging information provided through a FOIA request confirms this. In January, we determined that the firms selected by Maricopa County in Arizona to perform audits of the 2020 election were not certified when they were selected by the county as had has been claimed. And so that's one of the things you're going to hear when all the evidence, whenever this thing is complete, they're going to say that this isn't a certified audit uh, outfit, the, being the one they call cyber ninjas that's doing it. Um, one of these firms selected by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to perform the audit there for the county, or I'm sorry, country was used by corrupt Brad Raffensperger in Georgia in performing an audit there in November 2020 after the no early November election. We noted, therefore, that the audit was not performed by a certified auditor since Pro VNV was not certified at that time. This clean audit opinion was given after looking at no ballots from the election. We also talked at length about Pro VNV in this post in January 2021 after they performed their audit in Georgia. There's a link to that. We attempted to review the, the Georgia forensic audit by Pro VNV. This is where it gets good. The Secretary of State Raffensperger so proudly championed had confirmed the election results, something strange happened. Every Georgia audit reference or link led to the same Georgia Secretary of State page with Raffen, Raffen, Raffensperger's statement summarizing the perfect results of the audit. 
yet the actual audit report by ProVNV could not be found anywhere. After an exhaustive search and in disbelief that the audit report had gone unpublished, we submitted a FOIA request to the state of Georgia for records of the audit. Specifically, our request included the following. Under the Georgia Open Records Act, I am requesting an opportunity to inspect and obtain copies of public records that detail the results, contract, scope, and report of the audit that the Secretary of State contracted or directed ProVNV to perform on the Dominion voting equipment machines after the 2020 general election. Please include the names of the individual who's, individuals who physically performed the audit and any scope of work they were or were not permitted or allowed to perform that may be missing from the report and the reason. What was returned in response to the FOIA request by the state of Georgia is bizarre and cannot easily or cannot be easily explained. Three documents were attached to the email. Not only was the memo created last Friday, it, it shows you the documents. It's got the dates. They got all this stuff highlighted. And so it's it was all from a few days prior because they, they construed this after the FOIA request was made. And and kind of like the, the other person, like you, you when you do something to the magnitude nationally that they did, you, you can't cover everything up. It's, it's not possible. And so I think these people were going on the contingent they always knew they could is that people are going to say there's no legal precedent. Oh, nothing can be done. They're going to do what they want. And I can, couldn't disagree with that more. Not only was the memo created last Friday, but it was created last Friday by ProVNV's owner, Jack Cobb. This re revelation leaves little possibility for any plausible explanation other than the Georgia Secretary of State's office contracted, or I'm sorry, contacted ProVNV who created the memo to provide in response to our FOIA request, the second document we received, re-memo audit for review redacted PDF, is support, purportedly an email from the Office of the Secretary of State approving the work proposed by ProVNV in the memo above, the relevant portion approving the work, and it's got the email. The third and final file, field audit report, final 1.1 PDF, is supposedly the field audit results. Six pages in total, nearly five, which are standard definitions of terminology and voting system components. And it's got them. You can view it on Scribd. Note that the report states components were evaluated among six counties, but the memo outlining the work, which was approved as proposed, says components in the four locations. Not only was the audit performed by an uncertified vendor at the time, but the report also states that both four and six counties were selected for review in their audit. The firm looked at no ballots. To think ProVMV looked at the only a few machines and no ballots to make their decision is shameful. So basically it was a sham, like everybody knew that it wasn't it talked about. And so that's what they're trying to push for now is the same thing that they have in Arizona. When they're talking about free and fair elections and you, you hear this jackass talking about QAnon and people not believing in the election. And then, by the way, we had another video that we didn't play because I forgot, but he talked about the blood sucking twice as a side note. But uh, that that's why people don't don't trust them, so. But, that's, Wasn't, but that in Pennsylvania, they decertified some of those voting machines, correct? What about that reversal? D didn't you send an article about that? They, I don't uh, remember seeing something yeah, about that. Yeah, it was a small county, but yeah, because they, they found that the machines, had, I think, had electronically or the, had been connected to the Internet and been tampered with. And uh, the best I recall, I don't, I don't have that one queued up. I know Reverso did send that, but I, I saw it as well. Uh, but yeah, dude, they, this this whole thing is an absolute mess. And so the fact that it's an absolute absolute mess, and they're getting the the information is coming out in bits and pieces, is a signifier that you should not forget about it and move on and wait till twenty four twenty four and just not vote. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, too, there there really is no legal precedence. It's like this is this is unprecedented. This has never happened. So ultimately my question is the same as producers if if we do all this if we go through all the steps if we prove fraud it's all really for nothing if nothing ever comes of it so that and and if nothing does come come of it then i mean 
that will kind of set precedence for future elections. And I think that will, I mean, it, it would make you feel like, I mean, that, that guy's, the guy that texts you, I kind of understand what he's talking about. It is frustrating. Now, I don't think that not voting is the answer. Um, ultimately, you need to get out and vote more. You need to vote mm-hmm. at a local level. You need to vote at a state level. You need to vote it, it anytime you can. Oh, I thought you meant more than once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to cast your vote often. So, at at the same election. So, but yeah, I, I could understand what the the frustration that that comes from uh, from all of this because you feel helpless in all of it because it's already happened. This illegitimate president is sitting in the White House, and I think a large percentage of the population knows that this this wasn't fair. This was not free and fair. Um, like he's trying to make it out to be. Yeah, so so being frustrated is one thing, and, and I get it, but I think that also, like I said before, people aren't seeking out alternative forms of media. They're still reliant on some form of mainstream media, and that being the case, they're not seeing the stuff that we're talking about, which is one of the things that I think we offer having our own podcast um, and being able to control what, what what's on it. And so, and to bring that to our audience, because a lot of the people that listen to this have told me they don't, they don't know where to find this, even though we've talked about it ad nauseum as far as our sources. There, there's things that's happening. There's things that people can do. So, yeah, giving up's just not one of them. You know what I mean? And, and like I was saying before, this guy has sacrificed nothing. Like, a lot of the people that are getting frustrated have really sacrificed nothing, so they're frustrated because they're, they don't... Well, the thing is, like, none of us have really sacrificed anything. Sure. Without like, a doubt. I mean, our whole generation. Yeah, in this day right. and time. Yeah, but, we have no idea what sacrifice yeah, looks but, like. But likewise, to tap out and say, I'm not even going to vote. So you basically piss on everybody that came before you. Because make no mistake, there's been plenty of blood shed for your ability to freaking choose your representation. Yes. Period. And so, again, that middle or non-existent amount of sacrifice lends itself to somebody that's going to just walk away, throw up their hands and get, dude, no, dude, nev- never that. Yeah. And so the least you can do the least you can do is, and again, if it means, let's say, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I get that you're frustrated, you're 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 pissed, and you feel helpless. But if if that's your approach to life, is the going gets tough, and you know you throw the towel in. But, and I think that that, I think that not sacrifice. I think that generationally, not having to sacrifice has bred a lot of people to that. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't know what hardship is, but that's why I say the answer is if 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 you're upset, if put that anger towards something, go vote more, mm-hmm. make a change at a local level, you know. And if you make a change at a local level, you can eventually make change on a state level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. I can, if, but you you do what you can do, and you affect what you can affect. Like you talk about all the time, your your sphere of influence. So. You live in a little small town, and and I've seen it in my little small town. Like people don't like, you know, the way you vote. At you know, you're a city council member or something like that. People will get out, and people will vote you out. Yeah. So, yeah. And and again, that frustration is born of knowing that this was stolen. 
but it but make no mistake, it wasn't stolen easily. There was a lot of parameters in place. The, the whole coronavirus, quote unquote, pandemic, mail in voting, dude. You, there's no way I would ever believe that this wasn't designed in conjunction to work the way that it did for the mail in vote to get him out of there because he was such a popular president. And so, to to not vote for Donald Trump if he inevitably runs in 2024 is on those pretenses is absolutely ludicrous. Number one, number two, like you said. That's not necessarily where you're always going to affect maximum changes at a, a federal level for a, in a general election for a president, presidential candidate. But um, I just think that, that that mentality is so commonplace. But here's the problem. Dude, I've been mocked my whole life, you know, adult life, for being into politics. And so a lot of Johnny-come-latelys just get into politics, and they don't understand how the system works. And that's another point that that frustration stems from is because you don't understand how this works. You don't understand that, dude, you're not outnumbered. You're not helpless. There's plenty of things you can do. And we've talked about those ad nauseum. I feel like I've talked about plenty of things on here. But the reality is, is that you, the same lack of sacrifice, complacency, and immediacy that comes with um, the Internet generation dictates that you want, you want finality and you want it right now. That's not how this is going to work. Like, it's a fight. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to win right now. And so, like I said, you're going to take your ball and go home. I just think it's 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 mentally weak, and it's that's not. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. The, but that's not a ver- American virtue. Like that's not patriotic. That's not any. That, that's terrible. Like that's, dude. But I'll put it like this: If the founding fathers took their ball and went home, where would we be? If, yeah. it, you know what I mean? If if uh, they never crossed the English Channel in World War II, where would we be? You know what I mean? Like that's just the mentality. There's so many people that that have the mentality of a quitter. And I don't know why, like, but and I guess one of the because the they've had it too easy, well, too long. Yeah, that's what but I was what I'm confused say, is like this guy in particular. A lot of people talked a lot of sh- a lot of. Sh- that's because yeah. it's so easy to talk uh, and so hard to I, do. That's all I'm that, and that that's why I'm frustrated with that mentality. That's not what you said. Like you, and, well, and a, you know, weak men create hard times. Sure, and like that's oh quote whatever, and that's what we're experiencing right now. Like we've we've got hard times from a lot of people that that have ran away from a lot of well, it, a lot it, of hardship, it, a lot of hard decisions and a lot of conflict. Hard times create good good men. Yes. Good men create good times, good times create weak men yes. or however it goes. Yeah, sure. that's it. And, and so and then weak men create hard times. Exactly. So, so and I I don't know. Like be what you are, or say I don't know, whatever, man. I'm 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 ready to I'm ready to see to your story whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean it's just Less talk and more action is what it comes down to. Well, look, look, dude. Look at the people that are performing these audits. Did they quit? No. If, and, and look, and, and Rex said, like, if, if all this is in vain, it was pointless. Completely disagree. Dude, you never give up the wheel. Like, if, you're, if you've lost control of your vehicle and you're about to crash, like, you don't just let go of the wheel and say, screw it. Your family's in the car. Like, dude, I got to ride this bitch out and freaking, you know what I'm saying? I got to keep this, I got to keep this out of the ditch. Like if you're but a pilot I'm, with a, you know but what, I'm what I'm saying is you're not the driver. You're not the pilot. See, I, I disagree. Like the, the people, the, the, <laughs> you're, 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 you're kind of along for the ride. No, like, you, you've people. done your part so far. You've cast your vote. You're along for the ride now. You can't, like, there's, no. there's nothing. In the big scheme of things, you may be a lug nut holding the wheel on, but you're definitely not the driver. No, I, you're, you're. You're gonna to have to get all the lug nuts together in order to take control of the car again. Yeah, I no, mean, no, that's these, not an apropos analogy. Well, these auditors may be the pilot, 
I, but we're just we're just passengers on this flight. As we, long as we choose to be. But if we actually stand up and do something, then you become the group of, in charge. And that's what I'm saying I think present-day America lacks is that tenacity. Well, that's what I, – I don't know that we lack the tenacity. I think that what I've talked about before is you need a leader – you you have to have you have to have a leader. You we have, have a have leader, and people are ready to sell them out. QAnon people left and right are ready to sell them out. Now, why are you laughing? Because it's true. Like I know I know them. I talk to them. That guy is one of them. Another one said, "Oh, if if Donald Trump doesn't do this, this, and this, and he gives the keys to Joe, the White House to Joe Biden, then he sold us out. He was part of the scheme the whole time." But then, but I think honestly, the reason that the January six the insurrection, quote unquote. I think that that's why it's been blown so massively out of proportion is because they know they have to blow this out of proportion. They have to make it bigger than it ever was or ever will be. Like they, it, it was they worse have, than nine eleven. Yeah, they but they have to do that, and they have to put that shtick on people that feel that way, that that want to get out and do something. Like you said, I, I don't I don't know that people lack the tenacity, but if some if people had a leader, people don't want to be labeled as an insurrectionist. Because they, and like the voting thing, they'll put you out there, they'll make you feel alone. That's like the guy we saw the but, other but day. But you're that really got, not alone. That's that the problem. That guy, eight months. Well, you're going to sit, this guy's going to sit alone in a jail cell for eight months for what? For going in a government building, mm-hmm. like in federal prison. Mm-hmm. So, but if, if you have a movement, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. You can't affect change as an individual on that kind of scale. Well, I guess you can, but you really need you really need right. somebody. And, and, and perfect because one of my points would be that if Donald Trump, so when you when you see this fraud stuff start to get exposed, and if there if there is an inability or unwillingness by the state legislatures to decertify, which as far as legal precedents, which we originally were originally talking about that led to the side shoot, legal precedents. Yeah, this has never happened before. So the idea that everybody's saying the mainstream media and the Dream program with is there's no legal precedent precedents to rectify a stolen election. That doesn't mean anything to me, and it shouldn't mean anything to anyone. It's stolen. You know it's stolen. So my analogy would be if your your car's out in the driveway, there's cameras everywhere. I, oh, he left his keys in it. The title's in the glove box. I steal it, take it to the DMV, sign it over. They got cameras. They see me do it. It's still not my car. There's a way to undo this. We can prove it. It's being proven. It doesn't matter that there's this never happened before. It's so, and there's other legal minds, opposing legal minds saying, and the state legis- legislatures are already requesting it in Arizona. You've got multiple state senators saying right now, we need to decertify this. We need to recall the slate of electors and decertify this election. So, who, dude, I'm not a legal mind. You're not a legal mind, but who are you going to believe? I- I'm going to side with the, with the facts. The facts are what you already know in your heart and mind. This was stolen. You guys are not... What is the harm in in clarity and in transparency? Everything the Democrats do not want. Yeah, because it's not going to go their way if right. it's clear and But that's what I'm saying. You've got... And when you say that, that we're helpless, and I, don't, I disagree with it completely because they, they made people feel alienated, so you feel like you're alone as an individual collectively as a group dude you can't be stopped and that that doesn't mean violence or anything like that just for an example if arizona doesn't do what they're supposed to do and donald trump hey go clog up the capitol building 
cool. But that's where I'm saying you need a leader. You need somebody to yeah. say, go mm-hmm. do this. We're going to affect change, and we're going to affect it right here. Yeah. And then after we clog up the Capitol building in Arizona, we're going to go down to Georgia, and we're going to do the exact yeah, same thing. For sure. Thing. That's, that's, and that that's kind of more so my point. And to tie it into what I said, and the reason I'm upset with the guy in the text message is, again, you said you would go with me, me providing a hotel room and a plane ticket to the, the Save America rally on January 6th. Nothing about going to no Capitol, none of that nonsense, not— doing anything, breaking the law, you said you would go up here and show your support and be a head count. You said it more than anybody. And you bitched out the last minute talking about freaking going to get beat up by uh, Antifa. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you won't go do something like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to do that. And see, that's you're gonna yeah, and that's the pro- that's my point. The problem is you got a bunch of freaking windbags, dude. When you people seize the the, the range yourself and stop acting the capacity of a freaking windbag, something will change. But all the talks got to stop, dude. And again, when I'm saying you didn't make any sacrifice, bro, you couldn't even go up here for a free flight and a and, and a hotel room. You sat down here flapping your gums about you had to work or you had a, a kid's baseball game. Nah, ain't gonna happen, dude. So that that's more so my point. Like, dude, if if you can't say all this and then not do it and then expect change to happen because if, dude, if 8 million people would have shown up, I think stuff would have been a lot different. Yeah, but that that's what I've been saying is like this guy. You know, it, it's when the time arises, I just feel deep down that hardly anything's yeah. going to happen because the majority of people and likewise, are made up he's of like, He's like, like so him. many others, dude. Yeah, that's he's, what I'm He saying. sends pictures of his AR-15s and... and Stuff that I really couldn't care less about. Dude, you ain't going to do nothing with that. Dude, you're not going to do anything with that. Yeah, that's the thing. If people have to tell you, and I've heard it since I was a kid, if people have to tell you how good they are or tell you how much of a Christian they are <laughs> or tell you how honest they are or tell you how big and bad they are. We used to work with not. a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, they're not, you know? They're not. Do what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We used to work with the golden arm. Joy, he said the guy wears a tube. He says that it's his own hair. So I believe him because I believe Donald. He's an upstanding American. Yeah. But America doesn't believe him. We've gotten, you know, a letter poured in yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm asking, is that really his hair? Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Come in. Just check it out. It's true. It's, it's, it's real. It's not very pretty, but it's, it's real. real. How did it feel like when they really attack you and they do a hair well, they job? Really they really are. Well, the the hair I'm used to, excuse me, you attack my hair all the time. I got used to you. You were worse than they were. I stopped. No, no, you were worse than they were. And you know what, Barbara? It's, it, you know what? Look. It's real. It's really mine. You know what I'm Together over the years. She is very sexy, I want to tell you. Uh, he knows how to get to me. It's Strange a- thing has happened over the last couple of years. It's called Twitter. And yeah. I have this account with millions of people. Right. And yeah. I've got all these. And I used to say, I want to own a newspaper. This is better. Are you a birther, well, Donald? Okay. Something on okay, that well, birth certificate that he doesn't like. Oh, my God. You read Donald, I love you. Donald, I'm telling you. I love you. you, too. I think that's the biggest pile of dog well, mess I've heard in Donald Trump is a billionaire, a real estate mogul, and a television star. But does he really want to add president 
of the United States to his resume. A lot of people would like him to. I think the country is doing so badly, they want somebody that's going to help it. I think the country has never been in a position like it is right now. It's being ripped off by every nation, every intelligent nation in the world, whether it's China, they're taking our jobs, they're making all our product, and then they loan us back the money we pay them interest. That is Whether crazy. it's OPEC, OPEC, which is, I mean, they're having a field day right now. I think people want somebody now that's going to protect them and protect this country, because we're not going to be a great country for long if we keep going the way we're going right now. If you, when, when we have Barbara, that's George right. Bush, okay. he gave us Obama. I'm not a big fan of George Bush. I'm not a fan well, of Obamacare. I'm talking about what, who I gave who, I know, maybe, Whoopi. Because we're only going to get Whoopi's vote. If you, okay? if you did, if you did, let me just ask, if you did I'm, be... And she likes me. She even put I, I me in a movie. I was just going to say. She put okay, me in a movie, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, friends. Friends. Yeah, how much friends. did I charge? Nothing. Like they say in the garden. If you did beat Obama, though, listen, Donald, so far... There's nothing you haven't been successful at. You're a great character. You're a great friend of ours. We don't know whether you should be president, but we do know that you will enjoy watching. But you do admit I'd be a great president. You have possibilities. Barbara, don't blow it. You two seem to get along with me. Says I love you to Whoopi at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, What's you know, the people say difference? all kinds of stuff. The person who began running is not the person. You were also friends with him. You went to one of his weddings. I wasn't friends with him. No? Don't get carried away. Oh, jeez Louise, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, so if you didn't pick up on that, that's the uh, that's the ladies from The View. I use that term loosely, ladies. Um, that's the ladies from The View from uh, before Trump's presidency and than when he was running and then after. So the difference in the way they treat that guy. And yeah, that wasn't long before he started running some of those yeah. last ones. That's, that's oh, well. So they talk real nice to him. You know, at one point he kissed one of them on the cheek. Joy Behar's just hamming it up with him. Oh, yeah, and Whoopi. Whoopi even shook his hand. Which is funny. Well, it's not funny. It's very stereotypical the way Whoopi got so defensive over Barack Obama. Like the, right, okay. Which Whatever. one is that? Which one is what? No, what? It, I don't. I didn't see that incident. Just now, Whoopi. Whenever he said anything about the birth certificate or anything about Obama not being a oh, yeah. Obama, she got all up in arms because I guess he was half black or whatever. So come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, bunch of hypocrites, dude. Yesterday, the bureau chief in Washington at CNN sent an internal email with this subject line. A majority of unvaccinated Americans say they're unlikely to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So in response to that, the bureau chief wrote this to a colleague, quote, this is the point about carrot versus stick. The carrot is no longer going to work, dot, dot, dot. Now we know about this because the person who sent it accidentally added someone else to that email, Charlie Kirk. We reached out to CNN about all of this, and here's what they said. The email mistakenly sent to Kirk was simply acknowledging that current vaccination rates are losing steam. And then the spokesman went on to blame this show <laughs> for Americans who don't want to take this particular medicine and suggesting it's CNN's job to force them to. But is it CNN's job? Charlie Kirk is the founder of Turning Point USA. He joins us tonight. Charlie, thanks so much for coming on. What does this reveal, do you think, about that news channel? 
Well, I think this is one of the few mistakes that CNN has made that's actually really helpful. Is it CNN's stated position now that they're going to try to administer medicine under the threat of punishment? You know, the analogy carrot versus stick is used usually when talking about incentives. What is the best way to compel human beings to get to a desired objective? And is it CNN's position now that if someone decides to refuse to get the vaccine like I have, that I'm going to come under some sort of punishment? What does that mean? What does the stick look like in CNN's world? Are they reporting on the news or are they trying to actually try to subsidize or incentivize human beings towards a certain outcome? Are they trying to go after stories that are actually going to hold powerful people accountable? And Tucker, I think this is an interesting question. How would that internal email read any differently if it wasn't sent by an executive from Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson or well, AstraZeneca? Right. Is there any difference at all? If you just said, hey, who do you think sent this email? Someone from the CNN Washington bureau chief or an executive of a pharmaceutical company? Those are things worth asking. But, what, I mean, why is a news channel doing this? Any news channel, a lot of them are. I mean, CNN's in-house doctor ran Planned Parenthood. She's not in the life-saving business. These are not physicians. These are not experts. And yet they're speaking with this moral authority you must do this because we know, and of course they don't know, and question, questions that anyone else raises, including on this show, they shout down immediately with slurs. Like, when, when did this become their role to do stuff like this? That's exactly right. And the other question is, why all of a sudden in the last 48 hours has there been this almost coordinated effort of people on the establishment center right kind of virtue signaling and telling every single person to get vaccinated while we're starting to see this kind of disturbing increase of activity on the VAERS database. And we're seeing story after story, not to mention what Dr. Robert Malone has said on your program and Dr. Brett Weinstein. And so I think what we have here is mission creep of certain institutions that think they're supposed to do things that they really aren't. And, and Tucker, I'm glad I received this email because we got an inside look into what CNN's trying to do in this regard to public health, and it's very disturbing. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it is disturbing. Coordination, yeah, I'm suspecting maybe, maybe you're right in your hunch there, Charlie Kirk. Great to see you tonight. Thanks so much. Charlie Kirk's very, very sharp, and he's a young guy, too. Yeah, uh, which that just kind of goes along, that, that just kind of goes to show what everybody already knew, like journalists by and large are dead, like these people are activists. Yeah, they're better activists than Joe Biden was. I know that because <laughs> they're not lying. No, that that's so. Yeah, we had that local who used to be nationally syndicated, but he sucks so bad. Uh, "Quote unquote" conservative talk show host that came down with uh, with the Delta variant. I guess I didn't know he wasn't national anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not. I haven't anymore. listened to him yeah. in years. Me either. He but, stinks. Hey, uh, in reverse, though, I, I think you're a sports guy, but I saw something about some coach was fired because he wouldn't take the vaccine did you uh, see that no i didn't oh uh, yeah it was some coach like of a national football nobody cares if reverse is working 12 and a half hour a day seven days a week you need yeah. to get them stats kid yeah Whoosh. yeah the, the, but so he got the this radio host got the uh the delta variant apparently dude he, he was which he had concocted his own idea the i can't pronounce the name trivector tri i can't whatever like this was supposed to, to keep you from getting it, taking large amounts of uh, vitamin B, vitamin D. Vitamin D. And so uh, he yeah. uh, he still got it. Now, apparently he's in, like, super bad shape, and now he's a, an advocate. So his brother says that he would tell everybody to take the vaccine. And so the thing with, quote-unquote, vaccine hesitancy is 
it's anything. If the government's sitting here telling you they're going to force you to do it, like, that, okay, I'm skeptical. Something's wrong. I don't. You don't have to sell me on something that's good. If it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No thanks. What about all those people with the vaccine that are dying though? I mean, it, the vaccine's not effective, is it? I mean, Reverso, you had it, and you've had what? I mean, since you've had the vaccine, you've had bronchitis, strep throat, chicken pox, and the measles, right? Herpes. <laughs> well, I mean, he's had that for years. Oh, I had that before. Oh, okay, so you've uh, been sick twice. My, as my, yeah, I've been sick twice. I'm still recovering from the bronchitis, but I had strep throat first, and then bronchitis. And like I said before, I've never remember being this sick at all any time of the year, but especially in the summertime. Now, tell people why you got the vaccine in the first place, because they're probably wondering why in the world somebody on this podcast got a vaccine. Yeah, I got it because I have a 40% blockage in my LAD artery in my heart. Yeah. And that's, and that's why you got it. Yeah, because that's the widow. That's what the artery that's nicknamed the Widowmaker. So, if you have a heart attack in that, you have a 99.5% chance of dying. So. Well, make sure you don't do that here in the studio. So, okay? wait a minute, wait a minute. You have 40% blockage, all that, and you still managed to go to the Capitol on January 6th. Interesting. Because yeah. hmm. that guy that texts me, he, he don't have none of that. No, he had a, <laughs> a T-ball game, right? Or was the guy buying diesel and gas tanks to put in the ground? Something, I don't or know. Or was yeah. his big toe bleeding <laughs> because he was walking? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was it. It's so Those bad. are excuses we heard. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, that that so that's just the main reason I wouldn't want to have no vaccine is because like oh you're gonna get this and eh, no I'm not I am only which and the beauty of it is we've got some uh, customers that um you know they got signage like they they I mean ever since March of 2020 like you can't go in the office oh did you get the shot yep <laughs> and, you, and yeah. oh yeah okay come on in like. You're that dumb. like. But you said it right. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. You don't have to force somebody to, to get something that's that's a great product. Sure. I mean, yeah. if, you know, like... With, with zero <laughs> controversy if, around if it. If you make a great, just beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, reliable truck, you don't have to twist anybody's arm into buying it. No, you're going to buy it. Yeah, this is a really good product. You know, you, you should get one. <laughs> All right, this carrot ain't working. Let's... let's beat him a little bit with a stick and get him to buy this truck dude so like cnn needed to beat anybody over the head with more of their rhetoric uh, like, reverso would you if you had to do over would you get that vaccine no i wouldn't okay but. come on man come on you think even with that with the 40 percent blocks you would still take your chances yeah i would you would yeah so because i mean you know i went what was it? A year, over a year, without getting it, anyways, without the vaccine. So you've never had the coronavirus? No. You could be, a, what? What's it called? A carrier? You could be a carrier. Maybe you've had it a few times, didn't even know it. Maybe you could. Yeah, but you said you didn't get sick very much routinely, right? No, I never did. I not even in the winter time. I don't even remember the last time I got the flu or anything like that. Did you get the flu shot though? Uh. I used to before, but I haven't got it for probably five or six years. I haven't. I don't think. I don't know that I've ever I don't, had a flu, I don't get shot. The flu shot. And either. it's not like something where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get it. Like, I've just never thought about it. I, I believe the last time I got it was when H1N1 was going around, and that's because my wife was pregnant at the time. And yeah. 
I was trying to do that to protect her and the baby. So, but, yeah, that would have been the last time. Mm. One last thing before we go. Uh, you know, I'm always talking about Project Veritas, and there's a guy that worked for Hasbro that uh, came out this week, and everybody should send him money. He's got to give, send, go. Oh, he just got 50 bucks 43 minutes ago. And I wanted to read his gifts in go statement. And if you haven't seen it, go to Project Veritas and watch his interview with him. And so what it was, they were they were pushing the critical race theory training on the employees at Hasbro. And he worked in marketing, and they were trying to implement it into their marketing. And if I had time, we'd play some of the video of the of the people that were – it was because of, like, an online uh, – Hasbro makes children's toys, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, it was a uh, – like a Zoom meeting, and it was uh, a white woman and a black man talking like this, just how children um, interact with one another at certain ages and what prejudices are. It, it was just, it's total BS. And uh, I, I, I'm wondering where, and I know I've read and I've seen seen videos and stuff where, where this stuff is coming from, but it's just so mind-boggling how this stuff is able to, to actually take root and then, grow feet and then run on its own like this this is just bananas so uh and this is actually a black guy uh a pretty young guy i think he said he was 27 um well-spoken articulate dude man and uh so he said and he's not even a republican he's not conservative i think he said that he votes democrat but he even felt convicted to come out against this because he knows how evil and heinous it is and so this is his statement on his gift send and go i've decided to speak out against hasbro i'm sorry <clears throat> i've decided to speak out against crt being pushed at hasbro crt or critical race theory in its simplest definition is quote the academic justification for why discrimination based on race is actually a good idea hmm. the academic justification for why discrimination based on race is actually a good idea <clears throat> if the youngest generation the youngest generation of Americans are taught that racial segregation is the correct path, then as a country we will find ourselves in a future where white children are told no matter what they do, they are violent oppressors of, of minorities, while the minority children are told they can't succeed in society because they are perpetually and foreverly oppressed. Perpetually and forever oppressed. Did I say foreverly? Mm-hmm. That was an accident. Is that even a word? Nah. CRT, <laughs> CRT directly. <laughs> Did you have something to say? I was just going to say about as much as conversate. Do I use that? I heard somebody use it once. I won't drop any names, but, yeah. Conversate? Did I, I, no, I think I said conversation. You're making stuff up, dude. Converse. I use the word converse. No, I have it all on tape, actually. The edited fake news. I tell you. You dude. are fake news. Um, Now you made me lose my spot. They're violent <laughs> pressure, blah, 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 blah. CRT directly opposes the dream of the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who dreamt of a world where he could get prostitutes. I meant uh, where he would judge you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Although... But you never hear that. Yeah, well, you know, that's okay. Who dreamt of a world where we could judge each other by our actions and character, not by the pigment of our skin? Critical Race 3 preaches that we should treat each other as members of a racial group in order to be, quote, anti-racist. What they won't admit is that to be anti-racist, you must ra you must racially discriminate. I refuse to sit back as this harmful ide ideology is being pushed onto children, knowing that whistleblowers generally lose their jobs and sometimes have identities attacked or defamed. I had to bring attention to this. I don't want a future divided by race and hatred. If you're able, I would greatly appreciate any support you are willing to share. Thank you, David. And so, uh, he, and he's oh, he's at fifty-eight percent, and so that's, that was uh, last. I think that was Monday or Tuesday when that broke. How much is he trying to raise? Three hundred, three hundo. For what? Three hundo k. Three hundred bucks. 
He's almost there. Why does he need three hundred thousand dollars? Well, number one, he just probably trashed his career. And so, um, I don't know. I don't. Hey, dude, you you come out and start to expose that and bring attention to it. I don't care if he gets three hundred thousand more power to you. I donated donated money to him, reverso style, top one percent. But um, but no, that's it's gonna be hard for that guy. So that guy was yeah. went to school for that. It's gonna be hard for him to get it to to get rehired in any of those companies because there's not many companies that don't think like that and aren't saturated in that nonsense. Which Hasbro came out and made a statement saying that that was elective training. And, but he said it was not. And so even if it was elective, oh, we don't vet every Yeah, bull crap, dude. Like, you guys are all on this bandwagon trying to save face. So Okay, so, so next week, we're going to have a special guest. Yeah, uh, my, my brother will be on next week. He's a, a career-long law enforcement officer, and he doesn't – I don't know what kind of input he'll have, but we'll have him on. He's opinionated like me. We were okay. obviously raised by the same uh, political uh, father, so uh, he'll, he'll be on. He thinks he thinks he's going to take the show over, so we'll see. Well, you know, we always have the edit button. You know, we can just edit that stuff right out of here. That's that's fine too. Yeah, which reminds me, if anyone else would like to arrange a call in or even an appearance, you know, mm-hmm. we may even be able to do another appearance. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Info at commonmanscommonsense dot com. Yeah, maybe you can liven it up since Rex dropped the ball tonight. Yeah. On it- me. 